look at what the Bible says about helping those in need. That's kind of the theme for today. Um, first of all, what I want to say is it, it humbles me with how generous you are, this church. Uh, you know, your tithes, which is 10%, we call that your first fruit, you, you tithe to the church, you tithe to the place where you're fed at. Sometimes you just do an offering or you go above and beyond the tithe or maybe, you, maybe you've moved into a, a, another area of giving where we call that like sacrificial giving and you're giving more. Well, the church operates off that, right? Like we couldn't do yesterday's event without your support. We couldn't do the things, the lights couldn't be on here, the electricity, all of that without your support. And so there's 52 weeks in a year. Well, we budget our year out of 51. Because in that one week, in the Easter week, all of that money that comes in that you give goes to these three missions. And just to kind of reiterate how big of a deal that is to me, this past Easter, you gave $76,000 to the Easter offering. And, and that's, to, to me, that's a, that's a big deal. So uh, I am convinced, I am convinced that because of your generosity, the blessings, the hand of God, the blessings of God is upon this church. I, I am convinced of that. Um, because when it comes to tithing, we, we also kind of consider that like our tithe into the kingdom when we give that money away. And when you tithe, something about tithing is that it, 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 it puts a supernatural umbrella of protection over you and your family, over your household. I, I am convinced of that. I, I, you, you can't change my mind over that. Um, it doesn't mean that bad things won't happen. It doesn't mean your car won't break down or you won't have some financial issues, but it does mean that God will provide a way out of that. That's what that means. And so I believe because of that, this church I, I, it, it is blessed. I had a, a, a long conversation with Keith and Marsha over that, too. And they, they're the ones that actually kind of brought it up, too. They're like, you know, your, your church does something that not, most churches don't do. And so they, they find that as special, too, because what we're doing is we are joining God in what he is doing in three different countries around the world. Does he, does he need our help? No, he's God. But does he want to work? Does he want us to work with him? Yes. And so he asks we listen and we respond. That's, that's how that works. And so I'm honored to be a part of this church family in knowing that, that not only are we changing lives in our community, but we're changing lives around the world. And so a, a proverb, Proverbs 19, verse 17, that, that I, I just love. Um, and I'm not into the prosperity teaching and, and, and any of that, but I teach and I've been reading lately from the New Living Translation. And Passages like this amaze me because this is, this is God speaking to us through his word. And what does he say here? If you help the poor, you are lending to the Lord and he will repay you. Like if you help the poor, the, what, what does the poor mean? Well, the poor, we, in America, we, we think of the poor as somebody who doesn't have money. There's the poor in spirit. There's the poor in uh, the loss of dignity, the poor in, you know, wealth, the poor in being able to provide. You know, that, that word has a, has a whole lot of, of meaning to it. And God is saying, if you help them, 
First of all, God identifies with the poor. God identifies with the needy. This is a part of his creation that he identifies with more than anyone because he sees the need of the hurt in his creation. He is the one that created us. And, and he didn't create mankind so that he can watch certain people go through hard times and other people have a successful life. He didn't create us for that. And it is not his will that we go through life without the necessities that we need. That's not his will. It's not a person's lot in life to, to not have the necessities that they need. That's not how it works. Here, I wholeheartedly believe that God, more than anyone, wants us to enjoy life. You read the scriptures, you will see that he wants us to enjoy life. Unfortunately, his kingdom has not yet been fully restored since the fall of mankind in the Garden of Eden. Most people, uh, uh, followers of Jesus or not, have heard of Adam and Eve and the Garden of Eden and the forbidden fruit and the apple that they ate. That's the fall of mankind. See, God created man, and then he said, it is not right for man to be alone. I will create a companion that's suitable for the man. And he created the woman, Eve. And then he had the garden and had all the animals and everything. Adam was the first zoologist. He named all the animals, all the plants, everything. He and God worked all this out. God said, all of this is yours. Just don't eat of that one tree. It wasn't so God could have control over them. You can have all this, but you can't have that. It was a trust. God wanted mankind to be able to trust him in knowing that he knew what was best for them. It's a trust issue with us. God knows what's best for us. See, the Bible does have parameters and guidelines in how we are to live, right? And it is when we stay within those parameters and those guidelines that we live a blessed life because God knows what's best for us. But when we go outside of those guidelines and those parameters in his word is when we find ourselves in a little bit of a pickle. And I don't know about you, but lately I've been seeing churches and pastors, they're moving, they're moving those lines. And they're saying things like, well, I don't, I don't think I've been reading the scriptures right all these years. I, I think that's a mistake, church. The, the, Bible, the Bible doesn't change. God's word hasn't changed. And all of a sudden we have people saying, I think it's changed. I, I just, I can be careful about that. Because it was, it was a trust issue. And, and here's the deal. The serpent, Satan, came along to Eve and said, did God really tell you not to eat from that tree? You know, his strategy's been the same for thousands of years. Get you to question the word of God. It hasn't changed. And she got to thinking, and he said, you know, he doesn't want you to eat from that tree because he doesn't want you to become like him. And she started thinking, and this is kind of me thinking now, and then she ate, and Adam ate. And they brought sin into the world. And that's how all this happened. See, Satan, Lucifer, there was three main angels in heaven, Michael, Gabriel, and Lucifer. And Lucifer 
was the chief musician, the worship leader in heaven. And pride crept into his heart. And he says, I think I can do a better job than God. So he got a third of the angels to follow him in this rebellion. I don't know how many a third is. I'm thinking millions, lots, to rebel against God. And I don't know how all of this happened and when and everything else, but, but at some point, Satan was cast out of heaven. And I, 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 don't, I don't know, but at some point, it was somewhere around during creation, right? Because he showed up in the garden as a serpent. And, and I, now this is just me, I think, just me, like God was like, hey, listen, you know, I'm, I'm, I got something going on over here, and you're, you know, isn't it, isn't it when we're doing, like, almost, the, God has called us to do something big that we get distracted? And, and at this time, God's creating mankind and all this stuff over here, and Satan says, yeah, I'm gonna, Lucifer, I'm gonna start rebellion. So God says, again, just me, like, all right, you think you can do better? Then I will give you dominion over what's going on on the earth. And he casts Satan and all of them out. See, Jesus referred to this world as the devil's kingdom. The devil and his, and his, his minions rule and reign on this earth right now. And that's why we have rebellion. That's why we have sin and disease and destruction and hurtful things and stuff that's happening and all of this bad stuff that we wonder, why is this happening? Because Jesus hasn't returned yet to set up his kingdom here on earth and to rule and reign as originally intended. So until then, it's up to us, his church, to preach the good news, to get the good news out there, to point people to Jesus, not to change people for Jesus. Let the Holy Spirit do that. We just introduce him to them and point them to him. That's it. The best witness that we could as followers of Jesus have for somebody around us is to live it out by an example. And let the Holy Spirit speak to them about it. <laughs> And listen, here's the thing. Satan, on this earth, wants nothing more than God's creation, wants, nothing, wants to see nothing more than God's creation suffer. And we are the pinnacle of his creation. We are the ones that he created to have a relationship with. Human beings. And so we are the ones that Satan is after. And, and I think he's turned it up a notch as to his, um, his uh, what do we call that, uh, I don't know, slickness or whatever. I think people are moving into an area of being kind of fooled. I, I really do. And it, and it says, I, mean, I, I can't remember which, is it one of the Timothys or the, or the Thessalonians where, where uh, Paul was writing, and, and he says, even the elect will be deceived. And then I believe he says, if that could be so. Something like that. But until then, until Jesus returns and sets up his kingdom here on earth, it is up to us, his church, to take care of those in need. And that would be the poor, the hungry, the oppressed, the hurting, the marginalized, those who need some help. See, God expects the church to help those in need. I don't read anywhere in God's word where it says the politicians, your elected officials, your government, 
your government assistant programs. That's not some, those are good things, and those assistant programs are, are help, they help, but we are not to become dependent on those. We are to become dependent on this. And this is what will help us get out of those hard times in life when we depend on God. And so this proverb is a biblical principle. It's a promise that God is telling us that, listen, if you help the poor, you're lending to me, God says, and I'll repay you. I will take care of you. You help my, part of my creation that needs help, and I will take care of you, is what God is saying. Now, I want to read a passage from Isaiah that is mind-blowing to me. And this comes from Isaiah chapter 58, and we'll start in verse 7. And this is God speaking through the prophet Isaiah, and he's speaking to the Israelites at the time, but he's also speaking to us. This is for us as well. Listen to this. Share your food with the hungry. And give shelter to the homeless. Give clothes to those who need them. And do not hide from your relatives who need your help. Well, that's a little convicting. Can I read that again? Do not hide from your relatives who need your help. Then your salvation will come like the dawn. And your wounds will quickly heal. Your godliness will lead you forward, and the glory of the Lord will protect you from behind. Then you will call, the Lord will answer. Then when you call, the Lord will answer. Yes, I am here. He will quickly reply. Remember the heavy yoke of oppression? Stop pointing your finger and spreading vicious rumors. Feed the hungry and help those in trouble. Then your light will shine out from the darkness, and the darkness around you will be as bright as the moon. The Lord will guide you continually, giving you water when you are dry, and restoring your strength. You will be like a well-watered garden. This is what God is telling us. You know what cannot survive in the light? Darkness. When we, when we walk a passage like this out in our lives, God says, I will, I will take care of you. I will restore you, and you will be a light in this dark world. You will be my light. And I believe this is the cry of God's heart. This, this, is, this is what we call, this is what, what we are called to do as a kingdom-minded people. And this is a kingdom of God theme that runs throughout the entire Bible. And it is followed by a promise that is a biblical principle. Meaning, God says, if you do this, I will do that. If you do this for me, in my name, I will do this for you. And, and you, cannot, you, you cannot convince me otherwise that God, for my own family alone, has taken care of us because we live this stuff out. This church lives this stuff out. And God will take care of us for that. When we feed the hungry like we do when we give to the Haiti Feeding the Children program, when we provide clean, water, clean drinking water like we do when we give to the Brazil mission, and when we restore the dignity 
to those who have lost it because they have no transportation, living in a communist country, an oppressed country like we do in Vietnam. God says, I will heal you. I will protect you. I will restore your strength and your light will shine in the darkness. Your light is the light of Jesus that shines through us. And it seems to me like Proverbs 19 and Isaiah 58 kind of complement each other. You know, that old saying that you hear, the Bible contradicts itself. Actually, it complements itself everywhere. And then, check this out. Just in case you're sitting here and you're like, well, I, you know, that's Old Testament stuff, Chip. Well, let's, let's see what Jesus has to say about this. So Jesus did a little, a little teaching, and this was, we don't have time to get into this whole thing, but he's talking about the final judgment. He says, you know, in the end, all those who, who say they are believers, I'm going to separate them into sheep and goats. And we're going to find out who's really worthy for the eternal kingdom. But he says this, this one, this one part in Matthew chapter 25 Verse 35, Jesus says this, For I was hungry and you fed me, I was thirsty and you gave me a drink, I was a stranger and you invited me into your home, I was naked and you gave me clothing, I was sick and you cared for me, I was in prison and you visited me. And he follows it up by saying, Whatever you did to the least of these, you did to me. This is the cry of God's heart for his creation, and it is to take care of those in need. And when we do, it's as if we are taking care of Jesus himself. You want to know why I think Jesus identifies with the poor and the needy and the hurting so much? Because it wasn't supposed to be like that. And if we could help somebody and, and, and share the love of Jesus with them, you know, in Brazil, the humanitarian part is they deliver the water filter. They don't do any ministering at that point in time because they don't know where that family is at. And then they come back a month later to see how the water filter is doing, and they create this dialogue where they start talking about the gospel. It's a process. It's a process with us, too. Build the relationship with somebody first. Maybe you, maybe you know somebody in need. Help them out. They don't, you know what? They don't really need to hear about Jesus right off the bat. Maybe they just need a friend. And in that friendship, you begin sharing Jesus with them. I've seen firsthand how the Water Filter Project changes lives in Brazil. They're doing the work of the kingdom in areas that most of us will never see. And it amazes me every year. Like, like I'm, I'm, when I'm down there, I'm just like, I'm, I'm, not only am I, I'm, not only, I'm literally in the Amazon jungles. But we're changing lives. There's, there's people changing. Like we, we were in this one river, and so we go these areas, and, and, and this, is, this is an area that's, they've got water filters, but we do church services there. We go and um, went into this one house, and Pastor Anos was with us, and Keith and Marsha, and, and, and they're translating. And, uh, you know, hey, do you need any prayer? And this family, they said, yeah, we could use some prayer. Because, you know, we sense that there's a lot of demonic disturbance in the area. There's a lot of witchcraft in this area. And this family was asking for prayer against that. How about that? 
We go to this other house, and this guy, uh, 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 Marcia was translating, and I, I didn't think I heard it right. She said he'd like prayer because he has a hole in his foot. And I was like, a hole in his foot? I wonder what she really said. And then we get in there, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. This dude, like, literally just cut his foot. So we, we prayed for that. This, this is sharing the love of Jesus in an area that we would never be able to, but, but we can help send people there. Amen? This church in Brazil and, and the vineyard churches in Brazil, they represent the hands and feet of Jesus by sharing the love of Christ wherever they go. And, and they recognize the fact that we are a part of that. And, and we have a, a really good connection and relationship with them down there. You know, I, I've listened to Steve and Henry uh, when we've been hanging out in meetings and stuff and just sharing about the, the mission work that, that they're involved in and tell their stories. You know, like for instance, like Steve was just blowing my mind the other day about, about stories. Like, we, we don't even have a clue. Like, like here, it's guilty until proven innocent. Try going to a country where it's like, well, we pretty sure you're the guy, so you guys are all done. But they also have these stories of people's lives who have been radically changed. Steve is a part of heading up a, a, a ministry in Haiti where children get the gospel at an early age as they're getting food. Henry gets to see in Vietnam where, you know, like dads are, are, are they, they don't have any, and they can't move around and they're stuck in these huts and they're children. Man, when you put a dad in a wheelchair and now the kids are climbing all over them, how, how does that, like that, this makes me cry. To know that we're a part of changing lives like that. To know that, that not only is the basic necessity of somebody getting some food, like a kid walking around with two beans in his hand, like we wouldn't even think about that in America. We, we, how much food do we scrape down the disposal? You know? And then lives being restored in Vietnam, these people can get jobs now and, and get an education because they, they now have mobility. So, so we are committed. I know Steve, Henry, myself, this church, we are committed to these ministries. And we're providing for those in need. And God says, when you do this, I will take care of you. And I know for me, I don't do it so God can take care of me. I do it because it's the right thing to do in the kingdom. And I believe that by joining these ministries, I really believe this, church, by joining these ministries, that Jesus is saying, well done, good and faithful servants. Whatever you do to the least of these, you're doing to me. The way we treat people is the way we treat Jesus. And I'm honored to be a part of this church. So, so I'll close it with this. Uh, you may not have the means to go to Brazil or Haiti or Vietnam, but, but we all have something we can give to make life better for someone living in conditions we here in America could not imagine. So let's continue, church. Let's continue to, to hold these ministries in prayer because we'll do this offering again in Easter 2024, and I'm, I, it's already kind of on my, my, my radar, that we give sacrificially to that so that we can be a part of what God is doing around the world. Amen?
And again, if you're interested in any of those ministries, there's a section on the bulletin you can fill out. It's going to be in there for a couple weeks to come. Just fill that out. Put your information on there. We'll, I'll contact you. Or on our uh, website, on the missions page, there's also area there where you can, where you can uh, fill out and then get some more information. Amen? So let's pray. And then it is the last Sunday of the month. So what we do here at this church is we take communion together. So let's pray for our, for our message first. So, Lord God, I thank you so much. Man, Jesus, I thank you for just the support in this church, dear God. I just give you all the praise for that. I thank you for, for everybody that fills in all the gaps and sees the needs. And, and um, I just thank you for what's happening here. And I thank you, Jesus, for uh, the ministries in these international missions that we are part of. May you, may you keep it on the forefront of our thoughts as well, Lord God.